You're listening to Radio Albion, talk radio for the nationalist community. Welcome to the Daily Nationalist. Today's date is Monday, February 26, 2024. You're listening to me, Grandpa Dan, streaming at RadioAlbion.com. It is Monday, and I actually showed up this week, and I didn't had some things come up. Wasn't able to get a show up last month's first time it's happened. Hopefully, it'll be the last time. Uh, as always, I'd like to start off uh, reminding you we do have our Sven Longshank support links here on the Daily Nationalist uh, page for the show description. I always encourage you to drop him a postcard, maybe sign up for the email service, drop something in the give, send, go. All that information's there, and on Sven's behalf and as well as my own, it is very much appreciated. Well, we are kicking off uh, your work week, and I, I thought we'd talk a little bit and kind of there's this, you know, I don't know, this international insanity, which has been evident for everybody when it comes to the Ukraine. Now, I have to preface this by pointing out that our actual expert on these sorts of things is Dr. Matthew Raphael Johnson. I mean, he can he, he can read Russian material and, and he is our expert on this. I'm not trying to put up forth some sort of super expert geopolitical opinion here what i am giving is my own opinion and my own observations um, when it comes to this sort of thing we're seeing these western countries the puppet states and whatnot you know and they're going out now and and they're making these these like agreements these security packs now with the ukraine the uk came out and made like a mutual defense pact with the ukraine Exactly what is that supposed to mean? If Zelensky is fixing to be taken down, does that mean British troops will be on the ground to defend Kiev? We exactly what do all of these these defense packs mean? Now we have this thing going to where all of these different countries are running around signing these defense agreements, these various agreements, and of course pledges for even more money, quote unquote, for as long as it takes to the Ukraine regime. For today, I thought we'd focus on Italy a little bit because I find I find this whole thing with Italy uh, really, I don't know, telling in, in a lot of different ways. The people voted for this woman uh, to run the country, you know, on the grounds that they thought she was going to do something about the immigrant invasion. And of course, she has done absolutely nothing about the immigrant invasion and says so she's focused on the Ukraine. And you see, this just highlights that all of this voting in these so-called democracies, this is all just theater. You know, you, this is all just theater. It doesn't amount to, I mean, it's not going to change anything. She didn't run on a platform. When she was running for office, she didn't run on a platform of, we're going to send even more money to the Ukraine and let 
even more migrants coming to the country. She ran on, we're going to do something, we're going to be hardcore. Well, she was going to be hardcore. And the media plays along with this. A lot of times you'll see this with these ostensibly right-wing candidates, and the media plays along with the theater by condemning them, oh, they're dangerous and, and practically a fascist. She, she's just going to start putting migrants into camps and, and, and no telling what she's going to do. She's so hardcore right-wing. And, of course, as soon as she gets into office, as people play into the theater and vote for her thinking that she is going to actually do something, she continues she opens the floodgates even more migrants coming in and it's double down on more on more money for the ukraine this particular uh th this woman here uh this georgia maloney she's just extremely it's just like all the rest of them but the extreme amount of some of this unhingedness is really i don't know it's really highlighted to me because unlike uh macron or schultz I mean, she ran on a platform. People thought they were voting ostensibly for some sort of right-wing candidate. Again, primarily focused on the migration issue. I've got two articles I want to use. Both of them, um, both of them from RT. And I, I and and the one I'd start with the first one that's got me started on the Israel. I mean, on the uh, Italy thing. And the title of it is, is "Italy blames Russia for a Gaza war." Moscow bears responsibility for the conflict between Israel and Hamas militants in Gaza, Italian Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney claimed in an interview with Il Giornale, I probably didn't say that right, newspaper published on Saturday. And, and I have to stop there for just a minute. Isn't it amazing the lengths that these people will go to to not lay the blame where the blame lies? They will, they will twist themselves into absolute knots, absolute pretzels to avoid laying any blame at the feet of Israel. You see, it's not Israel. The problem isn't Israel mass slaughtering Palestinian civilians. You see, the problem is actually it's actually Putin's fault. It's actually Putin's fault. The very people that go along with the U.S. vetoing any ceasefire, the very people that go along with this it is so in your face now. You know, I, I there, there, there's people who who will be like, you know, you need to really be telling people, you know, you need to be talking about, you know, the influence Israel has and and about you know Jewish power over governments in the West, and it's like, why? I mean, if people can't see now, there's nothing any person's going to say that's going to convince them. It's literally in your face now. When Israel is mass slaughtering Palestinian civilians and it's Putin's fault, I mean, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how anyone could better illustrate it than these people themselves. They twist themselves and they bend over backwards. The, the, it's Putin's fault. It's whoever's fault. But they will lay zero blame at the feet of Israel. They will not give any sort of background as to how this conflict even has started how the Palestinian people have been treated leading up to the Hamas operation in October, nothing. This also comes back to you always say, you know, when these people are lying to you, because they always use this zero history tactic, you know, when it comes to this, you know, Netanyahu or any of his, you know, followers there i guess you would say is useful idiots that ostensibly run these other countries they always act like history started on october 7th when hamas launched its assault on israel 
They always act like that was it. That was the beginning. You see, up to that point, the Palestinians were practically living in a utopia. You know, Israel wasn't doing anything. They were just going along, minding their own business, trying to live in peace with the evil, vile Palestinians. And then for no, then for no reason whatsoever, it's always that same theme. Then for no reason whatsoever, why the Palestinians just decided to come on and pick a fight with Israel, poor, innocent Israel. And here we have the leader of Italy, this prime minister, Georgia Maloney. And in fact, it's actually Putin's fault. It's anybody's fault, but Netanyahu, it's anybody's fault, but Israel. Going back to the story, it was Russia's military campaign against it was Russia's military campaign against Ukraine that supposedly encouraged Hamas to launch a massive attack, a, a massive attack against Israel on October 7, 2023. She said, a massive attack. It was you see, the Israeli response, which has killed minimum tens of thousands of Palestinians most of whom are non-combatants, by the way. You see, Israel carpet-bombing hospitals, schools, refugee camps. They told people, migrate to the south, and then bombed the caravans trying to migrate to the south. And now the ones that made it to the south, now they're saying they're going to come in there too, and they have nowhere to go. Where are they supposed to go? Now, Biden is calling for the president of Mexico to open the border with Gaza so they can go that way, but it's a long way to Mexico. Where are they supposed to go? Massive attack. Who knows how much ordinance has been dropped on this little area, this little densely populated area. But you see, the October 7th operation, that was a massive attack. The Italian leader maintained that a military operation launched by a permanent UN Security Council member against its neighbor violated international law and shook the entire global security system. She said such a move would have inevitably, quote, have a cascading effect on other regions of the world, from the Middle East to the Balkans to Africa. If Russia had not invaded Ukraine, in all likelihood, Hamas would not have launched such an attack against such an attack against Israel, she claimed. Such a massive attack. Poor Israel, for no reason whatsoever. But you see, because Russia attacked the Ukraine, Hamas launched this supposedly massive attack on poor innocent Israel. In her interview on Saturday, Maloney insisted that, quote, if international legality is not reestablished in the Ukraine, conflict will continue to multiply. At the same time, she insisted that the only way to end the fighting was to continue supporting Kiev. The Italian leader said she believed that Moscow only understood the language of strength. A just and lasting peace could only achieve, be achieved if Italy, Europe, and the West continue to help Ukraine, Maloney stated, adding that the standoff between Moscow and Kiev concerned all Western nations, not only from a human point of view, but even more so from a geopolitical and security point of view. International legality. Re-establishing. You, again, you see this zero history view that they always try to promote. You see, the history of the Donbass regions, the history of all of this began when Russia launched its special military operation, just like the history between Israel and the Palestinians began on October 7th, 
with Hamas's quote-unquote massive attack against Israel. It all just started on that day. You see, when Putin, because he's evil for no other reason, he just launched this international law violating special military operation. It's not like Kiev spent years and years shelling those regions and trying to kill the very people. You know, it's just like, not like they were trying to basically ethnically cleanse the Russians out of those regions. No, it's not like that at all. Just like it's not like Israel is ethnically cleansing the Palestinians. I don't know. Maybe this whole zero history approach, maybe it works. You know, maybe people have such short attention spans, such a disinterest in history, such an inability to wrap their minds around complex issues. You know, a lack of desire to know the background. You know, I, I am naturally one of those people that, you know, I like to know why things work. You know, if it comes to things mechanical or how things are, I'm always curious. I want to know how they work. Hand me something mechanical that I've never looked at before. Give me enough time and I'll figure out how and why it functions and why it does what it does. I might not know every little intricate thing about it, but I can actually figure out how it works. And that tends to translate into these geopolitical things, you know, all of these other issues. You see these things and they present this ridiculous zero history thing. Why just just for no reason at all, Russia launched a special military operation because they don't respect international law. Did not these Western countries, you know, set up the Minsk Accords and agree to them and sign to them and then violate them from day one so they could build up Ukraine's military? Did they not run around and laugh and brag about how they never intended to honor those agreements? No, no, it all started. Zero history started. If it's with the Palestinians, it was October 7th. There's no background. You're not supposed to be curious at all. I want to know. I want to know the background. What has led up to this? What led up to these things happening? We have a vast amount of material. Dr. Johnson has done a vast amount of shows, some very excellent shows about the Palestinians and the Israelis and what has led up to that. Namely, the way the Palestinians are treated, the way they have been treated for generations now, be it the settler issue in the West Bank and the way they're treated in Gaza. It's not about how you personally feel about Palestinians and, and the West Bank or the Gaza Strip, but it's about at least understanding, knowing what happened. When you look the way these people are treated and have been treated, again, for generations, it just re you realize that how absolutely silly it is to act like, no, no, it all started on October 7th. It just came out of the blue. The same thing translates over to Ukraine. To act like it all started with Russia's special military operations. They just have showed a blatant disregard for international law. What does this supposed international law say about Ukraine shelling civilians basically 24-7 and attempting to ethnically cleanse these reasons? These reasons now that they claim to be trying to liberate, by the way. Now that they continue to fail miserably militarily, they're just launching terror attacks against the civilian population. Remember, they claim these people are their own people that they're, quote-unquote, trying to liberate. What does international law ostensibly say about these sorts of actions? Ukraine is literally a terrorist state. And so is Israel when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it. But you won't hear any cries. You won't see any tears shed 
by Miss Maloney. She's not going to shed. She's not going to shed any tears over this. No, no, no. It all started just for no reason. <laughs> no reason. Now, now with Ukraine, you have to understand this is a massive money laundering. There's so much money. All this money that's going into the Ukraine. You know, so much of it is being laundered around and lining everybody's pockets. These people, all everybody involved in this, this money's coming back to them. Maloney here and all the rest of them, they're 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 getting they're getting some. You can just know. I mean, I guess I I don't have any evidence. The media would say, you know, claiming without evidence, while they themselves, of course, always use anonymous sources that can't be verified, while they parrot the government's. No evidence backed claims. But again, you can look and you can use a little common sense and you say these people are lining their pockets. Nobody knows where this money is going. Well, it's going all around. Everybody's putting a cut into their pocket. And a lot of them don't want the gravy train to end. Now, I want to go ahead and get to the second article and we're staying on the same thing. And this article is titled, Zelensky Asks Italy to Expel Putin Supporters. One thing about Zelensky, he has chutzpah. I mean, the guy has just, you know, he, 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 there's no limit to what he'll demand and ask for. I mean, the guy essentially goes around demanding money, and now he demands that Italy expel anyone who criticizes Ukraine. Italy should revoke the visas of people with, quote, pro-Putin views to make sure they do not disrupt the delivery of Western military aid to Kiev, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky said at a press conference on Sunday. He made the comments a day after signing a security agreement with Italian Prime Minister Georgia Maloney during her visit to the Ukrainian capital. Now, you notice they always say, oh, Ukraine is under siege. Russia Russia is, is, is just for poor little Ukraine. Russia is just trying to crush poor little Ukraine. It's a war zone. It's such a war zone. Zelensky has to walk around in his green pants, the green T-shirt or sweater. And yet you have all of these Western leaders. They fly in and out of Kiev all the time. And, they, and, and they'll let Russia know ahead of time, hey, you know, we're going for a photo op in Kiev. Please don't shoot our planes down. They fly. They fly in and out for press conferences in Kiev, and yet we're supposed to believe the place is an absolute war zone. Why Russia is bringing its entire military might down on poor, innocent Ukraine. And yet these idiots fly in and out of Kiev without a bother, without a worry. A reporter for the Italian daily Corriere della Sera, I tried to throw a little Italian accent in there, to cover up the fact that I probably don't pronounce the thing correctly. Ask Zelensky whether people in Europe that are sympathetic towards Russian President Vladimir Putin could complicate the flow of weapons to Ukraine. Now, this was obviously a staged question, was it not? I am very thankful to your prime minister. She's on our side, and I'm happy with the accord that we signed yesterday. But you are right. There are a lot of pro-Putin people in Italy First of all, you have to cancel their visa. <laughs> Zelensky runs Italy. Italy should just vote for Zelensky next time. They'll just have a write-in. You know, that would be a funny protest. You don't have the next the next uh, election. 
you know, in one of these Western countries. They ought everybody to just write in Zelensky, you know, whether they support him or not. Obviously, they probably wouldn't. But they'll just write him in anyway. It would be funny. Anyway, uh, first of all, you have to cancel their visas. Yes, sir, Mr. Zelensky will get on that right away. Zelensky responded in English. He went on to urge Italy to provide more weapons, including anti-air missile systems. You see, you see, in a democracy, whether or not you, you have Maloney, which was elected ostensibly, she was going to kick the migrants out, all these people that brought in from Africa, the Middle East and other places. And of course, she didn't do that. In fact, it's increased while she's been in there. But you see, the one people that should be kicked out is whoever Zelensky says so. You see, Zelensky says if if if, if people don't support the Ukraine, those are the people that got to go. Last month, the Ukrainian, and one thing Ukraine does really well is wine. <laughs> You'll notice that. Give us more weapons. We need more money. Don't complain about what we're doing. Last month, the Ukrainian embassy in Rome protested several events, a.k.a. whined about them, dedicated to its ongoing conflict with Russia. In one case, a school in the Lazio region organized an online conference with a school from Russia's Luhansk People's Republic, which Ukraine views as occupied territory, which Ukraine also was trying to ethnically cleanse. But you see, we're not allowed to know about that. It all started when Russia launched a special military operation. Ukrainian diplomats also whined about a planned exhibition and conference in Modena dedicated to the reconstruction and recovery of the Donbass city of Mariupol, which was captured by Russia in 2022 after months of fierce fighting. The organizers described Mariupol as, quote, a symbol of the popular revolt against the junta in Kiev. The mayor canceled the event, arguing that it would be seen as, quote, open support for Russia's military operation in the neighboring state. And why should that matter? Well, you know, you're not allowed. The people aren't allowed, allowed to look at this conflict and say, well, this side is correct and this side is not. Maybe the people living here didn't want to be ruled over by the undemocratically appointed government in Kiev. The government that was installed via revolution in 2014. Maybe maybe they have a right to look at that and say, we, do, we don't want to be a part of that. How about that? Oh, but you're not allowed for that. You're only allowed to support one side. The side. You're only allowed to have the view that Zelensky says you're allowed. The same guy who constantly whines and demands more money, more weapons, and they keep losing. I hear people, you know, people complain about the way Russia has conducted uh, the special military operation and, and, you know, be that as it may. One of the things I have looked at is, you know, I'm obviously I look at the way Putin has handled this. And, and, and it really it really shows to me how I would never, you know, I'm not cut out like to be, you know, a national leader. I could never like lead a country. Because obviously they're playing like a 4D chess here. You know, obviously they, they, they've got all of this mapped out. They're doing what they're doing methodically. And, with you know, they've thought about, you know, if we do this, we do this. We're trying, you know, this is a well thought out execution. You know, they, they, they have these things planned out and, and they're conducting things according to tactics that most people don't 
understand, can't wrap their minds around. I look at the way this goes on and, and, and you know, humility, humility comes when understanding that, you know, there's going to be, there's going to come, uh, what do I want to say? There are, there are times you have to understand that there's people that are doing things you may not understand because they're smarter than you are. Now, I look at the way Russia conducts, is conducting this war, and I don't sit here and say, oh, well, Putin's just stupid, silly. He's not doing it right. I just understand that they're actually working out of working through a very complicated plan, which is using tactics that many people can outwrap their minds entirely around. And I understand that they're just smarter at this. I'm not cut out. I'm not cut out to be a national leader because I can tell you if I was in charge of Russia's special military operation, these people who are shipping unlimited amounts of money and weapons and people this whole silliness of, oh, oh, those aren't actually NATO soldiers. You see, they're mercenaries. They're, they're totally uh, mercenaries. Yeah. Like they're not doing some kind of legalese trick of having these people sign this paper that says they're no longer in the military. Now they're a mercenary. I can tell you if I was running Russia's special military operation, these, these leaders of these countries... They wouldn't be flying in and out of Kiev for press conferences. Well, they might once. <laughs> then you would introduce them. Oh, you say this is a war zone? So this is a brutal military operation being conducted by Russia on poor innocent Kiev? And then you fly into Kiev for a photo op. I, I can tell you, I, I, I would be showing them what a war zone looks like up close. That's the way I would, con these people are doing something different, something with a lot more well thought out versus, okay, you want to talk shit? We're going to drop a bomb on you. That's the way I do it. That's the way probably most of y'all, probably the way most of y'all would do it as well. You look at this and the collective West is losing and losing badly in the Ukraine. I just said a moment ago, I was just making the observation that Russia is using new tactics. They're using a whole new tactic. And people in the West, especially the people in the governments, they can't wrap their minds around that. They cannot wrap their minds. They have nobody there. And this is not surprising. What do you think would, regardless of your qualifications, if you're listening to this show, what do you think would happen? Even if you're the most qualified person in the country, what do you think would happen if you went and applied for a job that you were overly qualified for at the U.S. State Department? They're going to let you in there. They only let people in that share their views. And that's the way it has been for years and years. As a result, there's nobody in these places, there's nobody in these places of government that can look at this and say, we need some outside the box thinking. We've got to back up and look because what we're doing isn't working. Instead, what you largely see is more doubling down. Why, well, just recently, the figurehead, quote unquote, president of the United States announced even more sanctions against Russia. Well, they're going to they're going to launch more sanctions. Brussels is launching even more Russian sanctions. Anybody with a thinking mind can look at this, would look at this and say, well, 
we've done the sanctions thing and that's not working. And in fact, every time we pass these sanctions, things get worse for us, not for Russia. Somebody there with a thinking mind would say, well, that's not going to work. But they don't, they don't have anybody that's able to think like that. They just go by the book. They've hired people that think the same way they do. You have to conform to the narrative thought. That is what they want. They don't want people to think outside of the narrative. So all you get are people that well, we'll pass more sanctions. All the sanctions that we pass haven't worked, but we'll pass more sanctions. We'll launder some more money through Ukraine. We'll send them some more weapons that are going to go who knows where. And this time, this time it will surely work. Even though, even to the casual observer, the West is losing. Uh, it's a reasonable argument to say they've already lost. They just haven't accepted the defeat yet. We're signing security. Got a Ukraine, Italy, or I mean, I'm sorry, the UK and Italy signing defense agreements with the Ukraine. Like this is supposed to scare Russia. Oh my gosh, we we don't want to face a military showdown with Italy. We, oh my gosh, the mighty United Kingdom is threatening to step in. That'll deter them for sure. They can't think of anything new. They just keep doing the same thing over and over. They're incapable of accepting that this isn't working. And they're for sure incapable of listening to anybody who might bring a fresh train of thought to the table. The U.S. stands by and... On the one hand, they veto any U.N. resolution that recognizes Israel genociding the Palestinian. Again, Israel is carpet bombing and slaughtering people by the tens of thousands. I mean, that's not a debatable fact. That is what they're doing. Nobody's debating that fact. Israel itself, the Israelis themselves are not debating that fact. And the U.S. will sit there at the U.N. and veto anything criticizing Israel, vetoing any attempt at a ceasefire, any demands that they stop slaughtering people by the tens of thousands. And then all of these Western leaders run in front of the TV cameras and condemn Putin and condemn Russia for the death of this nobody in prison. And outside of Western media, make no mistake, this guy's a nobody. He was a nobody and always was a nobody inside of Russia. Just a petty criminal who, was, who got a deal with the CIA. They run in front of the TV cameras and condemn Putin, condemn Russia because of this one guy. And of course, they're going to do more sanctions because of this one guy. Like, nobody's supposed to notice where, where's Israel get all these bombs that they're slaughtering tens of thousands of people with? Oh, yeah, from the West, from the U.S. And then they think they can sit here and stand in front of the camera and posture and pearl clutch over this one nobody dying in prison. All of these things are destroying their own legitimacy, not just in the international community, but at home. This, this... <laughs> I, I'm trying to parse my language carefully. This woman in Italy, the people in Italy, they know she was. They voted for her. The ones that voted for her, they voted for her on this promise to do something about the immigrant invasion. 
and now they can see what the democracy is. Any government, any regime, any government in place has to have legitimacy. I always say, you know, people look at some country that's had the same dictator for 20 years and they'll say, well, they hold elections and get 100% of the vote. Well, that isn't real. It's more real than the so-called democracy countries. They hold any government that holds an election. They hold these elections because the people, the, the government has to have legitimacy in the eyes of the people. And part of that is this exercise of having legitimacy in the eyes of the people. Where's the legitimacy in these democracy countries? When the people of Italy vote for this lunatic woman because they think maybe, maybe she's as right-wing as the media is acting like she is, and she really will do something about all of these immigrants coming in. And instead, she turns around and just wants to send more money to the Ukraine and let more migrants in. You see, it destroys any legitimacy. I don't know how they continue. To, they, they, they plan to continue to keep people bought into this voting farce. This democracy system, if we just vote harder. When by their very actions, they're destroying that that very system that they need people to keep buying into. It's easy to overlook the necessity for people to be for the citizens of a country to be buying into the system. It's absolutely necessary when people check out of the system and say, no, it, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't have legitimacy when that soaks into the collective mind of the people. It's hard to wrap your mind around how destructive that is to the system. They've got to have people going out. It can be counterintuitive. Here in the U.S., you've got these people who will stand on the rooftops and proclaim the 2020 election was obviously vote-rigged, frauded, and stolen from Trump. And their answer is to vote more for Trump. You see, they're still buying into the system. They have this need to buy into the system, to act like somehow it still works as if by voting for Trump, they're voting to change. This is they're voting. Somehow they're going to change something. When the strongest vote is to just when the strongest thing to do is to accept that the system is completely illegitimate. It doesn't matter who you vote for, how many times you vote or how many elections you go to. You get the same result. You can vote for Maloney. You're getting more migrants. It doesn't matter what she says. You're getting more migrants. You're getting more money for the Ukraine. When the people collectively check out of the system, the system won't stand up. It can't stand up. they got to have people buying in. It's one of the reasons they do, Fran, the media tries to play up. They were just this past weekend trying to play up the South Carolina primary. This is a big deal. Nikki Haley is still in. It's all theater. they got to keep you checked into the system. they got to act like this is so important and it really matters. But does it? In Italy, they voted for somebody to do something about the migrants. Instead, they got more migrants and more money for the Ukraine. When the people collectively throw up their hands and say, I'm not participating anymore. It's only a matter of time before the entire edifice comes crumbling down. We're going to wrap up on that note. I thank you for joining me. Again, I apologize. I didn't get a show up last Monday. Uh, do plan to have shows up all this week. It's always the plan. Sometimes I guess it falls through, obviously. Uh, 
I'll be back tomorrow with the Parish of the Patriots program. Dr. Johnson will be here Wednesday with the Orthodox Nationalist. Uh, Dr. Johnson will be back on Thursday with his daily Nationalist show. And I have every intention, every good intention to be back on Friday to wrap up your work week here at the Daily Nationalist. Thank you again for joining us. As always, keep the faith, and we'll see you next time. You're listening to Radio Albion. Talk radio for the nationalist community.